Hey, hey, hey. All right, you guys, welcome to this episode of Nah, Absolutely Not. So we have spent um, the past three episodes going through our top five list of our scariest movies or our scariest movie moments. On the last episode, we talked about Sinister. Yes. Which (laughs) definitely had the biggest amount of liabilities, um, which starred Ethan Hawke. The biggest amount of like just jacked up scenarios, but yes. Yes. Um, and Steve, Steven Spielberg's 1982 Poltergeist, which I would say there was definitely one giant liability and dumbass Dana, rest in peace. Um, if you have not had a chance, go check out the first three episodes. I feel like I'm not going to recap the discussion on granny panties with you, but I may throw a poll in and ask people, do you feel like you look sexy in granny panties in 20? 20 whatever this is 2022 i i feel always hot in my granny panties so i'm just saying you're a different kind of animal i know (laughs) okay so for this episode and as always spoiler alert so we are going to go into details on these next two movies that will more than likely ruin the movie surprises for you so be sure to listen with caution you have been warned spoilers ahead Okay. All right. So let's get into this episode. Let's get into it. (laughs) Get into it. Put your back into it. Too much? No, it's just the right amount. Okay. Don't ever, don't change. (laughs) (laughs) So, my next movie, I Saw the Devil. Yes. (laughs) Fucking movie. It is a great movie. Um, it's Korean. Um, directed it's a by, uh, John Wick. It is. It's a John Wick taken kind of like take on horror mystery thriller. It's um, like a John, Kim. Yeah, like John Wick meets um, what was that movie with um, Brad Pitt? Um, the Mexican. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Um, that, I don't no. know. I know it wasn't Benjamin Button. That's why I didn't say that. One. Like, like, 12, is it twelve? Not twelve monkeys. Um, the one where he's Gwyneth Paltrow's in it with the with the serial killer. Is it the one where it's about he's a work? Well, I don't know. I don't know. He's okay. Like anyway, I'll, I'll it it's it's like the, it was like a Korean bur- which. I'm wondering when, no, I guess 2011, he was with Gwyneth Paltrow, but it was, uh, it, it definitely had like just some cool elements to it that were reminiscent of seven? things I've seen in the past, but done very differently. It's seven. Seven. Are you talking about seven? Yes. Yep. You were like Morgan Freeman. That's the one I remember. <laughs> I was like, Gwyneth Paltrow? Oh yeah, she was in that, right? But yeah, I remember but would you agree it was like John Wick meets Seven in a way? Uh, a little. Okay. Uh, the Seven part is a little stretch, but it is very revenge oriented. Right. Um, so this movie is starring um, Lee Young Young Hoon. I hope I'm not butchering that because he is hot as fuck. He is I so don't fine. Know if you guys saw GI Joe because he was in that too with his shirt off. And then if you just want to Google pictures of him, just do it in your spare time because it's worth a look. 
Um, and so the story is about um, he plays um, Su Su Hyun, um, and he is like some kind of secret service agent, like private security guard. So he's pretty adept and up there in like the security. And this movie starts out with his, I believe it's his wife because she's wearing the ring. Um, his wife Ju Yang is doing something that you know sometimes happens to us her car has a flat tire it's snowing she pulls over to the side of the road she's waiting for a tow truck got her windows up you know i don't trust nobody because i'm a chick out here alone and she's talking to her man and she's like i'll be fine i called a tow i just came from the school with these kids and i just got a flat and he's like okay be careful and he hangs up and you see him like hesitate because he's not feeling good like I'm at this thing where I have to protect this dude and I have to go do this thing. I got my earpiece in and she's out here stranded. I don't like the way that feels. And while she's sitting out there, Kyung <sighs> Cho pulls up in the school bus and he's like, yo, you okay? And she kind of like cracks her window. She's like, nah, I caught a toe. I'm good. And he's like, all right, I'm just checking. He's like, it might be a while because it's snow. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. He's like, I'll just look at it. And so he's helping but you know, like, if you're a woman, you're out here by yourself in the middle of nowhere in the dark in the snow. I don't trust nobody coming to my car. I said, I don't need no help. I got it. And so she's sitting there and she thinks he pulls off. And she turns on the headlights of her car to look at his bus. And he's like standing right at the dashboard <laughs> at her windshield. And he busts out her window to get to her. And... She tries to get out, like he's trying to get in through the driver's door. She's trying to get out through the passenger door and she can't because the passenger door is against the guardrail. She can't open the fucking door to get out on the other side, which is what you would do. And now he's in the past, he's in the driver's door. And this entire scene is just like, it's so jacked up because um, Kyung Chul is like, I, I think of it like, oh, you know, this is just my everyday. I'm trying to put together this Ikea furniture and this stuff won't go together. And he's treating it like, hey, hey, just be still while I bust you in your head with this hammer. And she's like fighting, trying to get away. He's like, like, calm down. I'm just trying to like knock you the fuck out. And he does. And he takes her and she's all bloody and she comes up missing. And then her husband is all like, where the fuck is she? And they can't find her. And then there's this next scene where she's wrapped in this plastic tarp. She's all bloody and she's super still and she has no clothes on. And she just moves like you think she's dead. And a party is like, oh, wow, that sucks. At least she's dead. But she's not dead. She's still alive. And she's on the ground in some dirty warehouse somewhere far away from everybody, naked, wrapped in this tarp. And she could barely move. And so... Kyung Cho comes over to her and he's just like, just getting my job done, you know, nothing new about this. And she's like, just please do don't. My thing. She's like, please don't kill me. Like, she's barely saying this. And he's like, why not? Like, like we're like, please don't take that bus. Oh, why not? Curious. And she's like, because I'm pregnant. And he's like, hmm. And then he just stabs the shit out of her. And you're just like, fuck, bro. I wish he had killed you when he got you because that seems worse to me didn't it almost seem like when he stabbed her i'm sorry like when 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 she was pregnant like when she said i'm pregnant like he was like bonus 
Like, yeah, you're like, oh, two for one. Or like, that doesn't really phase me. I'm just trying to get you killed so I can get on with the rest of my day. And he's so cavalier and casual about it that you know it's not the first time he's done that. It's just the first time he's encountered someone who has someone who's going to be like, I'm going to track this motherfucker down because he killed my spouse. Because they find her head floating in the river and it is just not a great scene. So, um, (laughs) Su Hyung... I, I just have to I want to add this real quick. I'm sorry. And I, and I know I'm because I had a lot of feelings about this movie and I thought it was fantastic. Um, one of the things when he kills her, the way he is, and this is very different from an American film. I feel like he is hitting her in the head mm-hmm. in the head. You don't see that a lot in American films. You'll see, you know, body you know like a, a, a behead there was something about the way it's, like it's the- too intimate it's too he was too like he was like even when she's fighting in the car like trying to get him not to hit her head, he was like taking his time like no i need to hit you in the head because that's where you're supposed to be hit so let me just get your arms out the way so i can get and he had that same like the way i'm explaining it that's the attitude he had was like no this is how it goes just can you move your hand so i can hit you in the head and we can be done with this part of it. And that is the part where I was just like, he's too, like, no emotion. Like, he has no attachment to this process, just that it has to be done. Because right. this is kind of what I want to do. Yeah. Um, so, no, I don't see a lot of that in American movies. Like, you see it usually in a protagonist, antagonist. Like, I finally killed him and killed the beast and he's out. Or it's a zombie, kill it in the head. But you don't see anything that intimate or that disconnected. I don't, I, at least I haven't encountered it in a lot of American movies. So this one, it just makes you very, <laughs> makes you, puts you on edge a lot. Because it's too realistic about like how, like that could be you. That could be anybody. It's It, it, was, it, it was like he was just encountering people in his daily life. He wasn't out looking for people. They just happened to pop up whenever he was driving down the road. He's like, Oh, opportunity. I'm going to get her. She's stuck in a car. Um, there's a chick at the bus stop. There's a scene where she's at the bus stop waiting for the bus. It hasn't come yet. And he drives by. He's like, I know the bus isn't coming. Like I can give you a ride. And he's an employee at this school. So he's driving a school bus and right. he seems credible and okay. So it makes right. you feel this, these women feel like, oh, a sense of security, like I'll engage you for a little bit until they start feeling uncomfortable. And then the lady at the bus stop gets in the car and he's driving, but he's reaching in the back seat for something. And he's talking to her like, oh, I'm about to fuck you up. Like real casual, like, no, no, I'm just looking for this so I can hit you in here. Cause I don't know why y'all, I mean, you get in the car cause this is what you want. Why? Right. And I'm just like, please. <laughs> He says says in that line, he's like, why do you look like you just shit yourself? I was like, yeah. No, he says, why do you look like you just smells shit or something like that? Because she she knows she fucked up because he's he's off. He's fucking off. And you don't get that until you're like in the car with him. But everyday society over here is kind of like, you don't get in the car with nobody. It doesn't matter what's going on. But even if had she not gotten in the car because she's out there by herself, he would have killed her anyway. It, oh, yeah. it just would have happened because he happened to cross her. And so um, when when Sukhyan figures out that there's some suspects that could have killed his wife, 
um, he tracks them all down. He tracks them all down. He fucks them all up. He was like, yo, did you kill my wife? Because I'm going to kill you real quick. And so he goes through a bunch of different people and they're not all the right person. And like the next to last person is Kyung Chul. And he's the one who has been killing people. No one's caught him, but he's been killing people left and right. And so he finally tracks this dude down and he catches him um, or they try and catch him when he's doing his last rounds of like transporting kids from the school to their homes. And the reason Kyung Chul is so scary is because he's not stupid. He's pretty intuitive and he understands what's happening. So he's in the bus and the phone rings and he sees the schools calling him and he's like, something up. They know what I've been doing. And then they pan to the back of the bus and there's this girl in the bus, like she's leaving the school and she's in the bus and you already know he's killed like two chicks already and kind of raped them up. And you're like, fuck, come on, dude, not the kid. And so there's a scene where he's in this greenhouse, Kyung Chul's in a greenhouse and you see the girl in this ditch, like he's going to bury her in there after he rapes her and murders her. He's going to conveniently cover her up because, you know, that saves time. And so he's getting ready to like assault her. And see, Su Hyung comes in. He's like just standing in the doorway. He's like, yo, what it do? <laughs> and and Kyung Ju's like, oh, did you come by yourself? Because that's a mistake because I'm a murderer. And Su Hyung's like, you don't know who the fuck you, you fucking with right now. Su Hyung whoops the shit out of that dude like i think he breaks like his arm or his finger or something in the middle of it and then he knocks him the fuck out then he makes him swallow a transmitter and then he gives him money he puts money in his hand dude's unconscious on the ground arm broke money in his hand transmitter he makes him swallow it and dude wakes up with his broken hand and his money he's like what the fuck is this so kyung chul is like okay wait he knows that i murdered this person he gave me money to let me go but he broke my hand like what is he up to like he is psychotic and i was like you got the nerve to be calling somebody crazy like right here and right now so the rest of the story is a mix of emotions of annoyance <laughs> scare and exasperation because you would think in your mind let that motherfucker die and then that's just the end of it no he wants to keep tracking him and whooping his ass every time he encounters someone new so su hyung is just tracking him across <laughs> the country while he's trying to get away and then there's this next scene where he's got his wrist all fucked up he goes to the doctor and the doctor says something a little flipping a little slick because he's older and he's like you kids are a b and c and Kyung Chul's about to like murder him. And then the nurse comes in, like, oh, your prescription's ready. And he's like, you lucky. But then he kind of like chats up the nurse a little bit. And he's like, oh, you got a boyfriend. You're real pretty and all this good stuff. And then that's the end of that scene until she goes into the prescription room and he's sitting there in the fucking dark. And he's like, get naked right now or. I can beat your ass and you'll get naked. I'm like, come on. Why you let him go? Because he's about to do some shit to this dude. To his credit, Su Hyung does show up. 
But it's only after he has got this nurse naked and his dicks in her mouth and he like whoops his ass again. And I was like, why did you track him and wait until the last freaking minute? Because in the tracker, you can hear what's going on. And I'm like, you should have stopped that before it got to this point. And Sue Hyung says something to the, to the nurse and he's like, oh no, don't leave. Stay here. Cause after I'm done, he's going to need medical attention. And I was like, okay, so you want me to help my rapist? Cause I feel like that's not how this works. But then he takes <laughs> Kang Chul and he takes his foot and he takes a metal rod and he pierces it right through his Achilles. And I was just like, the fuck is happening right now? Dude, that movie. Like, what is happening? And Kyung Chul is like, how the fuck does this dude keep following me? Because he doesn't know he swallowed a tracker, but he figures it out like quickly when he gets to... I couldn't tell if that was his brother or his friend's house, whose um, I think his name was Taeju, and his girl uh, Soo Jung, and he gets to their house and he says something while they're at the dinner table. It's just the three of them, and Taeju looks like suspicious. <laughs> and he says something to Taeju like, "Oh, you still eating that shit?" And they're just eating, and Taeju alludes to the fact that you know, I mean, human food eating humans is fine. I don't understand what the problem is. Did you lose your taste for it? And I was like, are y'all fucking eating people right now? Yes, yes. And then I was like, why? And it turns out that's not even their house. They took the house over from the family who lived there and then they were slowly killing and eating the family and keeping them alive until it was time for them to eat them. And who shows up? Suhyeong. I know where you are, motherfucker. I got the tracker on you. I'm about to find you. So Taeju is um, about to kill one of the people who who's the original family member of the house. And Soo Young shows up. And he's like, I'm about to whoop your ass. And then I'm going to whoop that other motherfucker's ass. And then I'm going to whoop your bitch's ass because she trying to get sneaky. And I'm going to knock her the fuck out. And I'm like, I get you, Suhya. But I feel like at this point, we should just like cut this short and either arrest this dude or kill him. Or what are we doing? Because this is turning into a nightmare. Two hours and and 24. It's a lot of good ass whooping, (laughs) though, for that time. But it's just like a cat and mouse thing. And then the point where Kyung Chul realizes that he has the tracker and he kind of poops it out and the poop in the toilet and he, it's not hard. It's real loose. And he's got his hand in the toilet looking for this tracker and he pulls it out. And I'm just like, I mean, dude, mind you, I was watching this while I was cooking dinner. I'm so sorry. I I mean, I tried to warn you it's going to be some stuff in there that's going to be real uncomfortable. But there's a couple scenes in there. That was one of them. Um, his casual attitude about killing everyone. This He's trying to get revenge. And he ends up, I think Kyung Chul ends up killing um, Soo Hyung, some of his family members, or at least injuring them pretty harsh. And then it's just like the fallout from what he's doing is not what he expected because he's not really avenging his wife at this point. He's just putting more people in peril. And right. then he says the one thing in this whole tirade that's true. And he was like, I think the only thing that I've done wrong is I've underestimated you. Um, 
And I was like, yeah, because he's pretty, he's pretty spot on and intelligent. Like he's not dumb. Um, and that's what makes him dangerous and scary. Um, I think this is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> um, it's in my top two list. Um, every time I, I see it come up and I always forget that this movie exists and then I'll see, um, Byung Kung Lee and I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, Joe. And, um, I saw the devil. I remember you. And then I'll think of this movie again, because I think, um, the guy who plays Kyung Chul was in old boy. If you've seen the Japanese version of it, he's the main character from that. And he does a good job in that one. And his acting skills are just so good that it makes you so uncomfortable. And this is why this movie is on my list. I want to apologize to Sharon. I didn't warn her about many of the movies I had on my top list. And I just assumed she had seen most of them. But I did give her a heads up. Like when she saw this movie, she was going to be real uncomfortable because it's too real. And it's too something that can happen to anyone at any time. And that's what makes it scary. It's not an entity that you can't find. It's just a smart serial killer who's very opportunistic and you can be anywhere at any time in any situation. He just rolls up and that's the end. Sharon, you look real disturbed. Is there, <laughs> you guys can't see her, but she looks concerned, <laughs> disturbed. So I'm just going to start off this whole thing with, Two hours and 24 minutes. Let it, let it, you need to let it marinate. It's not like audition. It really wasn't slow. Something was happening the entire time. It was not slow, but I was watching this like, so in my notes, these, these are my notes verbatim. Walk me through the need for revenge on that level. <laughs> like, Go in, take dude out, you're done. Like, like he went after, he's like, there's four perverts. I'm going, I'm, I'm just going to fuck all four of them up, period. Because it's Thursday and my wife is dead. So I'm going to fuck him up. And I'm like, did, okay, well. Did we I, talk about the dude who got hit in the dick? He's like, I don't even know. Like, he was like I'm just a, I'm literally a jerk off. Like, that's what, like. Yeah. Cause even I was like, I don't know what that pain feels like, but that whole thing shifted and it looks broke now. And, well. And it was like, what did he even do? Like, I mean, I don't remember seeing anything that indicated that he was just like a perv, right? Like, which, I mean. I'm not he was saying. on he was on the um suspect list. He had, he was an offender for something in the past, is what it was. Right. So right. he was tracking down everyone. And I think at that point he was beyond the 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 mindset of like, oh, this isn't fair to you. He's kind of like, look, my wife and my future child are dead and you cut her body up. So we got a problem. And I mean, if the butcher looked at homeboy wrong. He was ready to go after him. I mean, he was just in that state. He was raging so hard and with not without reason, but I was just like, okay. Overkill. I was like, can you just find the dude that did it? And then like be done. Like, can we just be done? So there was that. Um, 
So booze my notes. Walk me through the need for re- revenge. Why go after everyone? Just for vigilante shit? Why not take him out? Cinematic or not? <laughs> Why does this movie exist? Why is this the writing? <laughs> I was... Uh, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I enjoyed it. So I don't want to imply that I didn't enjoy it. But I just remember no. being like... It's excessive. It was excessive. Like, I was like, and and the other thing I was like, just fucking kill him. Like, why is he still alive? And then, and then at the very, very, very end, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, mark it. At the end, when he says, or when he ties dude up so Mm -hmm. that the guillotine is going to take him out. Yeah, they have him in in his workshop, the one that he killed his wife in, I believe. And he he has him tied in such a way that whoever opens the door is going to make this guillotine fall down and cut his head. And then I think he calls his Kyung Chul's family to the workshop and they're like, no, go over there and find them so that they can open the door and the guillotine beheads him. That, I was like... That literally ended the whole thing with, I'm like, so are you the hero or the monster? That's what that left me with. Because in the end, I'm like, now you've created this space where this family's now devastated. You know, did he have an indication that they knew what he was about? It didn't seem like it. Yeah, but in that same vein, it's kind of like... Kyung Chul, did you know when you killed my wife that she was pregnant and was going to affect everyone like this? Like, he didn't care either. So at that point, I think he had no regard for anything. And if, I don't know, if your brain is broken is how I best put it, you don't make rational decisions. And that's why towards the end, he was just like, just end it because this is spiraling out of control and it's hurting everyone. I think he came to that realization, but he wasn't willing to let the justice system let this guy slip through. Like, he, you already got five, I think he had five repeat offenders on his list that he was going through, and he was like, this is just going to be that all over again. Like, what are we doing? Right. And so you need One to thing- have your head cut off just like you cut off my wife's head, and then your family can find your head, and they can feel the way that I feel. That's how I thought that went. Yes, but I he's a like hero that. because he's hot, Sharon. Let's just let it go. He's totally hot. Uh, he's, he, he was totally hot. <laughs> no, I, I fully, I fully give credit because he was pretty. I was like, mm, he's not, he's not bad to You're look like at. Like in your little puffy leather now. jacket. Don't get it, boo. You do it. <laughs> but I just was like, why? Like I don't know. I thought like he just, it just he's he's now the monster. Like I don't know. I. I, I have mixed feelings about some vigilante justice. The way that this guy was going around killing women and what he was about to do to that little girl. Well, she wasn't a little girl, but she was a teenager. And I was just like, like, this is, there's not really a punishment fitting enough for you than what you've Back. already given someone else. And I've, I've been on the mindset and I was like, I don't know. I feel like if you go to jail for something, then you should be kind of um, treated to the same kind of <laughs> treatment that you gave the person to get you there. 
Did you sexually assault someone? You should see how it feels. Have you stabbed someone? You should see how it feels to stab someone, to be stabbed. Like it's something about the tit for tat that makes someone feel a piece of equality, but there's this moral pension and people are like, I don't want to sink to that level. And sometimes that mindset doesn't teach anyone a lesson. And I feel like he was not wanting to teach a lesson. He was trying to balance the scale at the end. He was kind of like, this is what you gave me. This is what I'm going to give your family. The same thing. No, no more, no less. Um, and I think he realized like the whole beginning of that where he's like tracking this guy, like he's um, some kind of prey. Like that wasn't the way to go about it. What what did you want the punishment to be, Sharon? You you cannot. I can see your face, and you guys can't see your face, but I can see her giving me that look. Like, nah, I still feel like it should have been like we should have just had a talk, and he went to therapy, and then he would be reformed, maybe. Um, I feel like you're saying I'm really California, and uh, no, um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, <clears throat> I felt like. He could have just gotten it done. And I was literally, there were so many other victims that that guy abused by keeping him alive. And I didn't understand. Yeah. I was like, you want revenge and you want to take this dude out, but why are you letting him live? Because and, he, and I think he underestimated him. I don't, I don't think he thought he was going to do what he did. And I think after the first time he had done something like that, he should have just ended it. That's yeah, but then like when he like rapes like the like the the nurse, I felt so bad, and oh. and I immediately went to real life trauma where I said that poor nurse now has to live with that. It's yeah, but I that was my reaction. Like now she has to live with that, and I felt so awful for the nurse. I was like, well, she's gonna have to deal with this bullshit from this creepy ass. Yeah. That that's why I I had like, and then his father in law gets killed, and then we're assuming that his sister in law gets killed, and it's all behind him not just taking him out, and he could have like he could have killed him multiple yeah. times, and he didn't, and so that's why I was just like, fuck this movie. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Nobody was perfect in that movie. Nobody like he let his emotions Nobody's drive perfect. him. Nobody's perfect. Okay. But, but it is not to debate whether or not our sexy, sexy leading man was a hero or a villain. <laughs> it is to debate if this movie was scary enough. And I think for me, the reality of, of what can happen and how easily it can happen, that scares me. It's not something I think about every day. I grew up in Chicago. I, I have awareness for the most part. I hope I haven't lost it living out in California. But it's kind of like, I don't trust much of anything. So I'm kind of like, get in the car. Nope. Hey, your tire's flat. You need help? I'm getting my taser. And then I'm going to tell you to leave me the fuck alone. Like, I've got moves. We're not engaging. We, there's no friendly conversation. And everyone there was just like, oh, no, it's fine. Whatever. Oh, my God. I'm being hit in the head. And I'm like, not victim blaming, but just knowing the alternative to how you interact with strangers. That's scary. People are unhinged. Yes. Um, this is particularly why I do not like these types of movies in the horror genre, because I don't like it when movies could 
actually be real um, because there wasn't anything. I mean, obviously, you know, the cat and mouse game that was happening, that's likely not real. Like that could it happen in real life? Sure. But like, that's a lot of energy, a lot of effort, <laughs> but, um, but the, um, the idea of like, you know, and something as innocent as being, you know, I was pulled, I had a flat tire in the middle of nowhere next to a goddamn cemetery park next to a cemetery in the freaking fog up along highway five with my 15 year old daughter was terrifying. Were you wearing Patagonia at the time? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> because okay. I think I was. Irrelevant. <laughs> no, I get it. They're real situations. And I think every situation that you saw where someone was being attacked was a real one. Even yeah. when he gets in the car, he picks up picked up on the side of the road by these two dudes, and the two dudes are have murdered the taxi driver, and it's just a car full of murderers. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? In this right. I was like, and then they were all like, oh, get ready to kill each other. Like, who who's gonna go first? I want to kill somebody. No, I'm gonna kill somebody. Ooh. And you're just like, <sighs> so yes. I'm that movie sure. was a fucking ride. That's all I got to say about that. It that was a means ride. everyone should watch it. Get your time set. Just prepare. Be prepared to be uncomfortable and um, in, enjoy the ride. It was a definite ride. All right. So, um, can I, think we're can I, can I just yeah. go back again and say how hot Young Hung Lee is? I mean, I just want to <laughs> like I want to make sure everyone's aware. He's pretty hot. He's pretty hot. Yes. Um, okay. I, I, I don't know. I'm feeling if we might even have to do a part three on this, which is kind of crazy, but I agree. Um, it's a little crazy, but um, I, I'd like to go ahead and, and give my next uh, movie if, if possible. Ready? I'm ready. Okay. Okay. Um, and, I, and I have to, I'm going to just give this disclaimer this isn't not in any particular order. So I don't want to say that like, this is my definite number three or number two or number one, because they're all up there for me. But I think the next um, movie that I would like to talk about is the ring. That is one of my all time favorite movies. <laughs> I applaud. <laughs> I love that you gave me an applause for that. It's a good movie. There is a couple on your list that deserve applause because I'm like, yep. Definitely the ring rolling. is so great. It's so much fun. And it's not, not the original Japanese version by Koji Suzuki, I think. The 2002 Naomi Watts version right. which is the one I saw. And yes. the only disclaimer I'm going to get is I... Sad that this version didn't have the little boy cat meowing at people, which is in the original <laughs> Japanese version. Um, I, I have seen the original Japanese version and I really enjoyed it. But there is something about the American version for me, which I enjoyed more. Um, and, and I will say that I am, again, I'm not above watching movies with subtitles. Like I'm totally into it. 
And everyone, I was like, oh, no, no, no. The, the Japanese version, the original is way scarier. But there's, and, I, and I've watched them both, but I still will go back to the American version of The Ring. Yeah. Um, it's, there's a lot of dynamic in the movie, right? So this was done in 2002. I remember buying this movie on DVD and then like always like playing it and John just being like, fuck this again. Like my husband was <laughs> not a fan. Um, it was so, again, it's creepy fucking children. <laughs> it's a thing. It's a thing. It's, it's a thing. It's, it, it, but it's, it's also one of the first movies where they were an American version of the movie did a Japanese trick with the girl and the hair and the coloring and, I, was, I think, I don't know if this is true or not. You guys can debate it or maybe I'm wrong, but this was the first time I'd ever seen that in an American movie. And I was like, okay, they trying to get real. I get it. It's cool. Well, I feel almost like in, at that time, like in, like, like when the ring came out, like scary movies up their game. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it really up the, like there was some, I, let me think about this. When did, um, oh gosh, I see dead people, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. When did that come out? Um, um, with this, um, oh gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking it up because I want to see. Uh, Six Sense was 1999. Okay, so the Six Sense. And um, there was like a couple movies that had come out prior to that that really kind of started to change like the horror genre. And but it wasn't like, and they were good. Like those are movies that I will absolutely watch to this day. They're 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 great movies. I, I call it the era of the the movies: The Ring, The Mountain, The Hills, The Grudge. It's always the and something. And exactly when they started coming out, then things got really real with. Scary movies. I think it, they got better. They, I think they got better. I think they upped their game, and I think they um, they really played into like there's there so many, just so many like like scare buttons, right? That you have, right? That make you go, oh shit, okay, that's not cool. But um, so like we're just, I mean, and and here's all another thing I love about this movie is that I will put this on for my family, and when they did watch this movie, they were scared. Like they jumped and there was a lot of, Oh shit. Like all of them, like collectively, yep. like the kids were like, that, that, that made me jump. That scared me. And I was like, perfect. It's exactly what should happen. So the story of the ring, um, as a recap, and I, you know, I don't want to imply that, that everybody has just seen these movies as we talk about them. So that's why we're doing these, you know, recaps of the film. Um, you know, the story begins with two teenage girls that are in their bedroom discussing, um, you know, they're hanging out like, you know, oh my God, did you, you know, like, did you, like, you know, typical teenage girl stuff. Right. And that's almost where you think the movie's going to go like, like in like the genre of like scream, right. Like where it's just like the two teenage girls talking. And then it's so much better better than that like it just gets better and better and better and so as the two teenage girls are discussing their um uh you know like like hey you know i heard about this this movie when you watch it um you die exactly seven days later and you know it's like 
having a teenage daughter, having teenage children, that is exactly the conversation that happens. Like, did you hear that it's like this? And half the time you're listening to this stuff, like, there's no way. Like, what are you talking about? It doesn't make any sense. Um, so the girls are talking about, you know, watching after you watch this video, you're going to die within seven days. And they've determined that for one of the girls, um, Katie, um, is watching the movie. Like she's like, she's like, well, you know, when's the last time you watched, you know, when did you watch it? And she was like, it was seven days ago. Um, so, uh, Becca now has watched this, her friend die in this bizarre manner of, um, (laughs) this creature crawling out of the TV and there's like all this water and, it's just fucked up. But, but the crazy thing about it is that she was scared to death. And that's why this, I love this film because it's. Was she, it's, okay. So was she's well, yeah, I would. Yeah, because so. I feel like, I feel like yes, but I think like, so when you see Becca die, you don't see her crawl out the TV until like the last scene when she's in there with, um, What's his face? The husband, uh, Aiden, not Aiden, um, Noah. Yeah, Noah. And she crawls out the TV and you finally see what they see when like she zooms in, the camera zooms in, you see this ring and then all of a sudden she's dead and the clouds are about like half open. And I feel like she somehow gets to you and she stops your heart. Like she killed all the horses too. Like there was this, this weird power that she had to like, kill things just by thinking it or I don't know. Well, that's kind of the question of, of the, of the, I mean, so the, you know, Samara is a main character, even though you never, like you're only really dealing with Samara in flashbacks and right. And so she's doing all of her, dirty work she's not like like she actually is in physically in the movie so few times like i mean maybe what like six times like samara's like popping in and then they have like a break a scene of her like you know like when they're talking about her origin but a lot of it is the build-up which is fantastic that is classic horror tropes and like like playing on your sense of what's coming or what could be coming what you don't know right and so until at the very end when you actually see this dead girl's face right because basically what happens is samara will climb out the tv after she's climbed out the well and that's another great way that they show it by it's like what you see on tv and then it's all happening on TV until it crawls out of the TV into your hair, hair first in the face, dripping wet on all fours, <laughs> hands and feet, and you just like the actual motherfuck is this? Seriously, it is. It is a fantastic film. Um, <laughs> Naomi Watts, I think, does a great job, and I was not necessarily a Naomi Watts fan until I saw this movie, and now I will check out movies that she's in. So Naomi Watts plays Katie's aunt. Um, Her character's name is Rachel. 
And Rachel is a fearless reporter who is an accidental parent. (laughs) She's like the worst parent ever. Like, I don't even know if she's not the worst, but she's definitely not the adult in the parent child relationship. She's pretty bad. Like she's almost acts like, but I think it's because, okay. I think it's because when you see Aiden and I was like, is Aiden autistic or is he just very advanced for his age? Like I couldn't tell what was going on with him, but or he's doing that Carol Ann thing where he's like insightful and you can see things that others can't see because you're drawing pictures and stuff of things that you shouldn't know anything about. But I kind of got the feeling that it was one of those, um, oh, you can take care of yourself. Okay, cool. I don't have to do this because you have it in control. Like, where's my black dress? And it's already laid out for her. And I'm just like, creepy. yeah, that shouldn't be how it works. But she's leaning hard into that. Like, oh, he can take care of this. Creepy fucking kid. It's on the couch, Rachel. Is he? It's already. He's a little creepy. He's adult for his little body. Is that what it is? Like, he's fucking creepy. I'm sorry. He's creepy. He's creepy. And he's got, he does have psychic ability. I mean, he is a psych, like, he does have that, that power. But fine, he's creepy. Like, he's creepy. Well, that was the thing. Cause I was like, do you have that power? Is Samara putting that in your head? I think like, he has the power. Showing you what you want to see. Okay. I think he has the power because remember, he was drawing the pictures before. Um, so, so before Katie, before they go to Katie's funeral, he was already drawing creepy pictures. And remember, she was late to pick him up from school. So it's like you see the death happen. And then, um, and then she's like, you know, like, doing her work and, you know, like her whole like sassy investigator shtick. And then, um, (laughs) right. And then, and then she's like, Oh shit. I'm like picking up Aiden. And the teacher's like, I want to talk to you about this drawing, you know? And she's just like, fuck Aiden. Like, why are you creepy? Like, why are you like this? Like, (laughs) she's like, why are you creepy? You're my son. Stop. Right. Like, your dad. <laughs> and then the whole dynamic. Okay. So, so well, hold yeah. on, go, go back now. <laughs> real question. If he didn't have that haircut, would you think he was creepy or get the <laughs> haircut and be like, yeah, I figured you had the haircut. Cause you kind of weird. <laughs> I feel like if you had the fresh blowback, you'd be like, Oh, he's just a little off. That's actually a, compelling question and i'll say that that's compelling because sometimes like bad hair in movies like i i don't know if you're hip on stranger things but there's like a lot of bad hair like there is but it's it's supposed to be indicative of that time period too yeah but also i feel like it's also like the oddball kid right like harry potter has the same haircut as noah has the same haircut as um the little boy that gets sucked into the down under um, yeah. in Stranger Things, which is what's his name? I forgot what his name is, but but I don't know. The, no, like Noah's creepy. I mean, um, Aiden's creepy as Aiden. shit to me. Yeah, um, and the way he's just like Rachel. Rachel, the dress is over there. Why can't I watch the movie, Rachel? Is Katie coming back, Rachel? Like he's just, you know, he's a weirdo. Um, 
So as they realize that, you know, so they basically, so, so Katie's sister, it, or I'm sorry, Rachel's sister, you know, Rachel is Katie's aunt is just like trying to figure out like this whole story because now she's heard about this tape because she overheard all the kids talking about the fact that there's this tape out there. And she's like, well, I'm going to do my investigative reporter shtick. And she finds out about it. She does the research and, you know, Rachel uncovers the whole story that there is in fact a tape. And, um, but she doesn't truly believe hence Mm -hmm. causing shit for her baby daddy, which they never really confirm is the baby daddy, but they confirm. She did it. confirm it. She was like, "Your well, son she, is." She did. She goes. She goes. Our son. She goes. Yeah. He saw the tape, and he's like, "Who saw the tape? Our son." Like that's the only time, right? But the whole time, it's like building up to like. I mean, and how bizarre is that? Like the like the you know Noah is looking at this boy and like, he just like cruises by him, but they don't have a relationship. Like I just had so many questions always watching it. That this entire spill when they're in the car waiting for her, where he's like, are you sad? I'm not around. He's like, not really dude. Like you ain't moving my needle one way or the other. It was like, yeah, well I just thought because my dad wasn't great and I wasn't ready. And I was like, that's a bullshit excuse. Yeah. Like that was like, that part was super lame. So honestly, I'm, I'm not even going to lie. Like, like I love that they kind of came together, but I kind of wasn't mad that he died. I was like, if you can't really be like, I find him a little affable. Like, I feel like both of them made bad parents. <laughs> like, I was in the overall scheme, I think they were, like, they were doing their best. But if you compare them to, like, what you see in traditional, like, horror movies, how the parents are, like, they weren't they weren't knocking it out of the park. They really were doing the best that they could. And it just, I mean, he seemed to be okay. I think that, that little but was he? I mean, he was running around town like a little weirdo. Like... I don't think that makes him bad parents. I think he's probably prone to whatever that personality was. That's who he was going to be. He's going to be self-sufficient. He's got it together. He's super intelligent. He knows what he's doing. Sometimes he acts like a kid. Most of the time he has his act together. I think that's just the kid that they got. And nobody was, you know. I feel like those parents were not engaged and it always pissed me off in the movie. Like, and and I love this movie, but that was the one thing about the movie that I was like, I just feel like they did not do that kid justice, right? And and they, she almost treated him like an afterthought, and he was like, well, I think she treated him like he can take care of himself. He doesn't need me. I don't think she felt like he needed her. That's how I felt. I felt like she was like at a certain point she was just like, oh, he got it. Like she. Could have tried being like, okay, I'm not going down the road. Nobody was parenting him. But I feel like they got down a road where it's kind of like, just pick me up because I can't drive yet. (laughs) I'm not holding up for a license. And that's good enough. I already made my breakfast. There's your dress. I'm ready to go to school. Let's do it. I already put myself to sleep. And then she was just like, I guess you don't need me for anything. But maybe that's... But, but here's the, okay. So let's play in. Let's actually dig into that because she shows more mothering to Samara than she does to her own child. 
I feel like that I can't <laughs> say that's true. I feel like she feels a sympathy for this chick. It's not her kid. And you have missed like maybe to like a certain point where Aiden grew up to be the person that he is. And if you can attribute him to being some kind of self-sufficient, he had to have had that from somebody in his life, but he doesn't, she doesn't display the kind of traditional mothering roles that you expect a mother to have. She did it. But but there's something to be said about the class status of what a mother should and should not do and how a mother should and should not act. And I'm not a mother, so I don't know. But I do know that there's a certain standard of what makes a good mother and what makes a bad mother. And then if your kids, if you're a good mother and your kids turn out bad, then you're like, what happened? And if you're a bad mother and your kids turn out good, you're like, how'd that happen? So I don't think there's a right or wrong way to parent. I think there's a perceived right or wrong way to parent. But every person is different. I don't don't think it's about her being necessarily a bad mother, but I don't think she was the best. Like she, in my opinion, she mothered this stranger's. I think she was trying to save her life. That's what I I think. I knew that ring was coming and you call it parenting that kid, but Aiden had seen that tape. And she was trying to save him before she died. I think yeah. that's what that she was. She was trying to save him before she died. But then Aiden was like, duh, you missed the mark, mom. You were supposed to pull her out the damn well, mom. You're missing it again, right? Who would have caught that? It's a ghost in a well that comes through the TV. There's no rules. Like, Sharon, no way. Okay, you can't see Sharon's face, but she's making a mm-mm face. You- <laughs> I'm making the not absolutely not face like mm-hmm. absolutely, but but for real, there are no guidelines for how to parent a ghost baby that got killed in a well by her adoptive mother after she killed a bunch of horses and made people in her town go crazy. But Samara, Samara needed a mother, and Samara's mother could not. I don't think that's what she needed. I think that's what people think she needed. That. That little girl was so evil that she didn't need a mother. Her mother wanted a child and she got a child. She didn't get the child she asked for. No one knows how she got that kid. She just came back with it one day and nobody knows where she came from. I don't think Samara needed a mother. Samara wanted to spread evilness. And what Naomi thought was, oh, she needs a parent because she's had this hard life. Her parents don't like her, blah, blah. Like traditional, what everybody thinks when they see a kid, it's innocent and pure and there's nothing wrong and it just needs to be saved. That is what a normal person would think. You wouldn't think, oh, she in as well and she killing people, leave her down there. That's not the thought process that you would have. Like you, you want to be like, oh, this was a tragedy that happens to you. Maybe if I get you out of here, you'll feel better. I don't think that's bad parenting. I think that's her trying to save her kid from something, which is why she made him make that tape and was like, we gonna figure out what the fuck happens next, but make a copy of this tape so you don't die because that's not what I want. I feel like Aiden knew all along because Aiden was psychic and she wasn't listening because she is Rachel who doesn't pay attention. He didn't call her mommy. He calls her Rachel. And Rachel was like on this whole singular thing. Sharon, I don't call you mommy either. (laughs) 
Facts. You don't call me mommy. Um, although my kids' friends call me mommy Reg, so that's a thing. Uh, oh, that's cute. I like that. Um, girl, I walk up. They're like, mama Reg. I'm like, yes. Feels so special. Um, so I feel like, and, and don't get me wrong, I don't dislike Rachel as a character. I actually appreciate her. Um, I appreciate the women that become accidental mothers. If, if that makes sense. The women that are like, well, shit, now we're here. Right. Like, you yeah, know, I, I do appreciate that, that, that character. And I appreciate that character in real life. Right. Cause I think you're right. I think she was doing the best she could. She figured it out. Okay. So I'll give you that. But I also feel like Rachel was a big part of the problem because she wasn't she was such a head first into everything type of person without thinking about like, like honestly, had she, she put her son in that situation. That part I agree with. Right. And had she, 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 she she didn't think she wasn't thoughtful, but, but I have to get away from when parents (laughs) judge, judge other parenting skills. Because in this country, there is a role set by middle-class white women of what a real parent should look like. And Rachel is white, so that doesn't that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but we have this weird standard where we say ABC equals good parenting. And if you're not doing ABC, bad parenting, you need to do better. And we turn this narrative around on these women. And I'm like, there is no such thing as there's good guidelines for parenting. There's no such thing as the perfect parent for an individual. There is what you can give at that point And if that child can receive it. And if that works for them, there is something that you give to children that they don't receive well. And you think because that's the epitome of good parenting that your children should receive this because this is how it's supposed to be. And I don't understand why you're not turning out the way that I want you to. I'm not giving Rachel any grief for her parenting style. And that's maybe the anthropological part of my mind where it's like, we can't just set these kind of rules for what looks like good parenting. Because if that's the case, then when my mom had to work and she was a single mom and I was left by myself to fend for myself, that means she wasn't doing a good job because she was work first to support us. And some of that comes to what you have the opportunity to do. You have a father who's not in the picture. They got divorced when I was young, so he was not in the picture. And you have to take care of yourself. I didn't call my mom by her first name because she would have knocked me out. But (laughs) there's some stuff where it's just like, if you had put a microscope on us and you had looked at the stuff, like I've fallen through the ice as a child walking home because my mom did not walk me home. Like there are things that have happened to me and you would have been like, that is bad parenting. You got to do better. So I'm giving grace and leniency to crazy ass Rachel, who was an unexpected mother with a father that didn't want to be involved. And she's trying to do her best. And you see your kid is self-sufficient, just like my mom saw I was self-sufficient. She was like, you got it. You can do it. And I was like, I can't, I can't do it. Yes. Yes. On all of those things. However, I'm going to add more nuance into that. And Add it, new- Sharon. Do it. And then <laughs> stop. The nuance <laughs> is though that um, so okay. So for example, 
I know parents that would think I am not a good mother. I I, I know I people. Them, Sharon. I, I know people who think that I am not a good mother, like, or that my husband and I are not good parents, right? And and to me, I think that if we are anything, we're good parents. We keep it one hundred with our kids. We live in a we live in reality, and that is doing them. I think the biggest favor of their lives is to keep it real with them. We're not sugarcoating it. We are not, you know, giving them passes. We are honest about situations. We hold each other accountable, no matter how hard it is. Like we do that as a family. We call it out as we see it. And I know parents that are like, I think you guys are crazy. I would never do that with my children. Right. And I also, I see parents that I'm like, you're batshit crazy. I would never do that with my kids. But, but by, and it could be a variation of, so for example, I know parents that do not call, um, like, you know, private areas by their proper name. So we've always said vagina and penis to our children. And I know parents that are like, absolutely not. That is disgusting. Why would you say those words? They We call it a hoo-hoo and a woo-woo or whatever stupid shit they want to call it. And we have seen studies that say that that actually increases, you know, um, abuse in children because it's it takes away like this sort of ownership of their of their anatomy and but but I'm the bad parent right I've had conversations about no we've told our children where babies come from I don't go into detail I'm not like you know mom and dad had sex like we don't do that but we do talk about you know or when they were little it would be a conversation of you know mom and dad came together mom has an egg dad has a sperm they meet. You know, and then that's how the babies are more, are, are, are made. It's it, it grows in mommy's tummy. Like we've had those Girl, conversations. So I've never had the birds and bees talk. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> the hoo hoo. I was not allowed to refer to those things as well growing up, and now I use penis and vagina and anus frequently when I. <laughs> But, but do you see what I'm saying? So I don't, I don't want to, it's not about, but I just feel like with Rachel and this, this father, I'm like, you put your kid in this situation and I love this movie. So I don't want to make it sound like I love they this did movie. put their kid in the situation. I, I still other the mindset that judgment free, however you want to parent your kid. That's great. My role is, or my thought is. I don't care how you parent your kid as long as you're not harming your kid and you don't raise assholes. That's it. <laughs> Those two yeah, things. There would be a discussion. There could be a discussion of parents that would say things to the effect of it is harmful by telling your child reality like that harms them. But so, yeah, but there used to be a study that says spare the rod and spoil the child. Like studies change every day and we're always evolving and always knowing. So what may have been true back in that time may not be true today. And what studies you read now are going to change because we grow, we learn, we evolve and everything's not a blanket, right? 
Well, like you go to some societies yes. and yes, you that's... see um, what we call neighborhood parenting, which is if you're not at home, everyone on the block is your parent. And that is their reality. And social services will tell you, no, you only have one parent. You can't parent like that. And they're like, but everyone on the block is my parent. What are you talking about? So the reality of parenting, it shifts and evolves from person to person. Now, leaving the tape out was stupid as hell. Because if you know that's the problem, I wouldn't let anyone else watch it and it would have been locked in the safe. That's all I'm saying. But their whole interaction, I can't judge it. I I want to, but I've gotten to a place now where judging people for parenting styles, I can't do it. Well, okay. And so you should say hoo-hoo and ha-ha because that <laughs> makes you a bad parent if you don't, Sharon. Well, here's my next question. And and I think we can, this this is, um, do I have to go deeper into the ring? I feel like this could be a continuation conversation. We all have an involvement on parenting and people are like, Tamara, you don't have any kids. How do you know? You know why? Because when I was little, I had to raise my little sister and she called me her sister mom. So I get some insight into parenting. It's probably why I don't have kids now because I already did that. I don't want to do it anymore. Which I can respect that. I, um, I've, a biological like I had a biological need to have a baby like I felt like it was mm-hmm. outside of my emotional aspect I felt like it was purely biological that need to like give birth I literally but, feel like if you weren't pregnant in like that white tube dress with the gown and Aretha flowers on your head <laughs> I don't know who you would be as a person <laughs> Because knowing you, it seems like, and I know that's not how you were and you were pregnant, but I'm like, if you had shown me a picture of you looking like that, I'd be like, yeah, that's what I see. I envision I was more that. like, I was a little bit more like, I had like my juicy sweatsuit on that like was like, a <laughs> but, but I want to say. talking about scary movies we're talking about parenting. <laughs> but I will wrap it up and this will like, we're going to leave it on a cliffhanger then on the ring. Right. Because I think really, like, as we've talked about this, this movie, what are the, what's the main thing? Is it about a parenting thing? Because there was some parent failures all around. It's not everybody was like parenting in their own way, but how can you parent a demon child? And how do you parent a child who is so intelligent that they out think you at every, like they're more adaptive to life than you are. At your age, like here's that. The question. Here's the question. Rachel made a copy of the tape and had Noah. Um, or I'm sorry, had Aiden. Aiden do the Aiden, same thing. Do the same thing. Is she a good parent? Who defines good and bad, Sharon? You are not the judge, jury, and executioner. I felt like after that, we should have put in the sound effect. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, there's... Okay, so hold on. The ring, most obnoxious scene, the fairy scene, Naomi's on the freaking boat. Hey, horsey. Hello. Let me touch you. And I'm like, first of all, don't touch anyone else's animal. That's just. And now the horse is freaking out and you decide to come closer and try to shush it when you're the thing making it freak out. And now you're like, hey, somebody. And I'm like, why don't you walk away and the horse will be fine. And now the horse is dead. Yeah. Of all the scenes in the movie, 
that was the one that was the most obnoxious to me. I needed to say it because every time I see that scene, I get mad all over again. And then she's like standing there, the horse is running there. Oh my God, where did I go? And I'm like, move to the side. Why are you standing in front of the horse? Get out of the way. I just, I cannot that entire scene. You know what? I will 100% agree with you. That felt the most contrived and like non good part of the movie where you're like, what the fuck? Like move, like you're messing with the horse, like mind your business, bitch. And then the horse is coming at you and it's like. Shuffle to the left. It's like slapstick almost. Yeah. Like it was like, that was lame. Like that was like probably like the lamest. And like, if you, if like, I think, let's see from a, how many, what's the rating on this movie? Is it? No. Let's see. Um, let's do Rotten Tomatoes on it. But can we talk about the funniest movie moment? Yes. Is when they're at the cabin and they find the well and the TV slides down and hits on a bat. <laughs> she pops it up now. That's pretty funny. I rewound it and watched it. It comes out. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> she pops on the what actually makes me pee is that you rewind scenes and watch people get fucked up. Like, you do that. Like, you're like, hey, because it was so stupid. Because the TV stops after it bangs her. And she's like, oh. And I'm like, how did you fall in the way? I don't even. Yeah, like how did she fall? And uh, yeah, like and and it's not like the well was like she's like it's like, it's like flat. Yeah, she's cool. it's kind of high. Like you gotta like her legs kind of pin. Like I need you to go back and just rewind that one part <laughs> and so, just watch it a few times. <laughs> so so it got on Rotten Tomatoes. It got four and a half stars. And mm-hmm. I bet you the reason why it got those like it lost the one and a half was because of that damn scene where she probably falls in the goddamn well like duh and then the freaking horse <laughs> the horse scene was obnoxious the well scene is hilarious i was just like oh <laughs> kind of forgot about that i did appreciate um how the moodiness of the film though it's super moody um it's great to watch like with all the lights out like it, there's like so many elements to it where it just really highlights it is a- it is a good, like, dark-ish movie, the way it's filmed, the atmosphere of everything. The, the rain, acting. the heavy rain in Seattle, like, all yeah. of it. Yeah, and it's got this overlay, like, this blue-gray overlay the entire time, no matter what the season or what's going on, and you're just like, yeah. And then I'll do kind of, like, commit suicide. He was like, I don't know what y'all gonna do, um, <laughs> but I'm about to plug myself in real quick and just be out because if she's out of the well and she's talking to people, it's a wrap for everybody, especially yeah. me. And I was just like, oh, oh, and he's just gone. And I was like, he was the most honest character out of all of them. Like he was like the best one. Like he was like the fuck? like you. Mm-mm. We out. And he like, started super like he started real nice because he's like, oh, you want to hear about the horses? Okay, I got it. Ha ha. Like very um, genuine. And then. She got into like, oh, I found this film. And he was like, uh, okay. And then she came back and he was like, nope, just wrapping these extension cords and plugging stuff in. What yeah. is it? Yep, she coming back. And he bust her in her head, like, quit sneaking in my house. And I was just like, ugh. And then he like was like sitting there with the damn TV. like, And I was like, okay. Anyway, that, that ladies and gentlemen, is the ring. Um, Fun flick. That's a fun flick. 
So clap for the ring. It was good. Okay. So that is a wrap of this episode. Um, I saw the devil is still one of the most disturbing mm-hmm. things I've ever watched. And I loved every second of it. It's too real. It's too real. Yeah. It is definitely too real, which yeah, that one's, that one's gonna give me some sleepless nights. I hope it encourages people to watch it again, at least to just look at Beyond Kung Lee. Cause he foin. He's so foin. He's pretty foin. <laughs> yes. He's pretty foin. So, um, yeah, that's it. I saw the devil and the ring. Um, that was, that was a lot of fun. Those are good. I'm also going to encourage you to go back and watch the ring and watch that TV hit her. Heard <laughs> a ball in that well where she pinwheels in there. It is worth your time. It is worth your time. Um, and for you out there, if you haven't seen these movies, I hope it encourages you to watch them. But be sure to subscribe because in our next episode, we're down to our like final movies on our list. So you don't want to miss out on those because my top one on my top five is good. Sharon's No Pressure number five is really good. And she doesn't want me to say that she cheated, but she cheated and she has another one. So it's fine. As long as we can share that movie together. We can share. But you took one of your movies off the list because when we rewatched it, it was some 1980 something inappropriateness. (laughs) I feel like we don't have to talk about the reasons. Let's just say that you have one more than required. Mm. Okay. about that. See you next episode, you guys. See you next episode. Bye. Bye. Bye.